Welcome to the Shields Outdoors podcast, your source for information on hunting, fishing, and all of your outdoor passions. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Shields Outdoors podcast. I'm your host, Mike Anderson, here with my co-host, Ashley Sorensen. Ashley, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Good oh, to see you. Good to see you, too. Yeah, I was uh, I was actually out of the office the whole day. I brought my two kids to the zoo today, so we were just uh, kind of on a little outdoor adventure there. So I'm back into the office doing another outdoor adventure here. This time, a little bit different. Um, we have Luke Hentges and... Tara Lindsay with us. Uh, they are hosts of the new YouTube series Rods and Reloads, and they are some big fish anglers. As, so. as seen behind us right here. <laughs> yes. This is so, unreal. I want to know the story on this. Yes, right we're now. we're definitely going to ask the story on this trip. Um, for those of you uh, just listening on the listening platform, we got a picture of the two behind us right now with some giant catfish. So. This is going to be a fun one. Um, Luke, how about you introduce yourself and uh, tell us what you're all about? Well, I, uh, I'm i Luke Henches. I grew up in by Bemidji, Minnesota. I uh, went to college at the University of North Dakota and uh, got into catfishing when I lived up there. My roommate's dad was actually the videographer for In Fisherman, so he kind of convinced us to try catfishing, and uh, um, here I am. That's just We'll just keep it short. All right. Love it. <laughs> Tara, how about you? Oh, nothing too special. Grew up in Lakeville, Minnesota. I've never left. Um, fished my whole life. One day I met Luke um, ice fishing on the river, and then he took me flathead catfishing, and it was over. <laughs> <laughs> Love and it. I, yep, yep. I only want to fish the river nowadays. That's very That's cool. Awesome. So how, how is it fishing the river? Isn't it kind of sketchy down there or are you guys just adrenaline junkies or what? Yeah, where, where we fish, it's unchannelized, so it's natural. Um, and the river gets really low in the summer sometimes. And I run a jet boat specifically for the river. Um, most prop boats, if you have a propeller on a motor, majority of the time, anywhere from where I live, um, up to Granite Falls, where the Minnesota officially starts um, being non-channelized uh, below the dam, uh, you pretty much need a jet boat if the water's low, and it, it can be it can be really dangerous. We almost got ejected last year uh, in the boat; it was pretty scary. Dang, that is pretty wild. So, how did how did both of you guys? I, I mean, Terry, you briefly talked about how you got into like catfishing and and big river monster fishing but so luke how, how did it start for you it pretty much so pretty much before it was just channel cats which is the smallest species of the main three catfish in north america um and i hadn't really experienced flatheads i haven't i hadn't experienced blue catfish and i hadn't really got into the whole trophy fishing thing i was actually working in aberdeen south dakota for a, an implement there and um I had a friend that talked to me. He's like, I want to go fish alligator gar in Texas. And I was like, dude, I want to go fish alligator gar in Texas. Right. And we're like, well, let's do it. So like literally a month later, we decided to make a trip to Texas to fish alligator gar. If you're not familiar with alligator gar, they get up to 10 feet long. They have a ton of teeth. Huh? They get to the 300 pounds. They're just crazy, a crazy freshwater fish. Yeah. And, there's uh, some gnarly looking fish. 
for sure. How do you yeah. catching something like that? Like what kind of bait do you need? You use like a, a carp head, a 10 pound head of a carp. You can throw a half of a carp body on and uh, you throw it on the bottom without a weight, just let it sink. And then when your line starts going, it, it's quite the com complex way to catch them how we do it. We run electric beepers and you let them run for 20 minutes because they always go up or down river and then they come back to where they took your bait to swallow the bait. So it's really weird, wow. but uh, it's fun. We went and did that. And on the way there, we, we just started a YouTube channel. This was 10 years ago now. And um, so we started a YouTube channel called Northwoods Angling, which we got up to almost 40,000 subscribers before we kind of quit putting videos out. Um, my business partner on Northwoods ended up being a, that videos we made got him a position on a fishing show on a major TV network. So now he does that. <laughs> and uh, that kind of stopped everything that had to do with Northwoods in the last year and a half. So I started my own channel and I grew pretty good in the first year. And then I met Tara and she was actually video editing for me on my channel. She loved doing it. And I don't like editing. It's it's time <laughs> Very consuming. time consuming. Yes. Yeah, it's time consuming. And I'll, and she mentioned me, she's like, man, we should make a channel together, you know, and make it feel like she's like, she was just helping me out of the goodness of her heart. I mean, nothing, oh. nothing she was doing was, she wasn't fish on Luke. That was my channel. And I was like, well, let's start a channel together. So I quit putting videos on fish on Luke and we started rods and reloads. Literally our first video was three weeks ago. Uh, we're oh, fresh, nice. we're fresh on it. And uh, it's been fun. And we got a lot of trips planned here coming up too. So. I like it just hot off the presses. So did you have like people that followed your channels before just like migrate to your new ones or is it my, like a slow process or migration's tough on YouTube? It doesn't really work like you want it to. Even like our TikTok, Tara's got, I don't know, 15,000 followers on TikTok and I have over, almost 10,000. And it's just like they don't migrate very well, uh, especially YouTube. YouTube's the hardest platform to grow on by far that instagram can be kind of tricky sometimes too um but yeah it's uh not a lot of transition a lot of our close followers people that have followed me um for a long time obviously came over but um yeah we're uh we're just excited to start our new journey so when i saw mm -hmm. you guys posted some of idaho a trip so you guys have yeah. already started some of your trips yeah tara you can go on that yeah, we're really starting her off with a bang here. So we, one day Luke was like, oh, do you want to catch a white sturgeon this year? And I was like, well, yeah. And this all kind of happened right when we were dabbling with the thought of creating this channel. And we looked at tickets. And then before I knew it, Luke was like, yep, we're going. Book the tickets. We're going. So I was like, all right. And so we went to Idaho, stayed with some of his friends. Um, I... I'm not much of a trout fisherman, I will admit, but we went trout fishing and I get it. I get why people love it. It's so fun. Um, and then we went white sturgeon fishing and that was, that was epic. It was like, it was like pulling up a wet mattress at the <laughs> bottom of the river. It was incredible. And so, um, obviously we thought of this beforehand, but we were like, this is a perfect way to kick off our channel and show people what we're about and which is big fish um so yeah it was a great trip and of course she got the biggest I, one 
No, yeah. that's, that's the way that it always goes. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter if I take my wife, my seven-year-old daughter, probably even my two-year-old daughter, they're going to catch a bigger fish than me. It's just fact. Yeah, so. she got the first, the first fish, and it was over. It was seven feet, and uh, and then we didn't catch anything bigger than that. It was it was a tough trip. It was a really tough trip for sturgeon in terms of catching big fish. But we're going again here, probably either before the end of this year or next year. We're going to go again and go to a different body of water that has a lot bigger fish in it. Probably like eight, like nine, and ten footers. Oh, you're talking like seven footer isn't a big fish. But. No, <laughs> white sturgeon, it's a good fish, but it's not like yeah. an impressive fish. So how many pounds is that seven foot fish? Well, I know my seven six to the fork was estimated on the chart at 330. Jesus. So, so Tara, how, how do you pull this fish out of the water? I'm like, I can't imagine. of girl power. Yeah, <laughs> just, just, um, channel it, just channel it, right? Right, right. Um, we I was using an extra heavy rod, and she was folded pretty, pretty well. Um, but you know, I it took about twenty ish minutes, mm -hmm. I'd say, and I did not want help. I'm I'm one of those. Yeah, <laughs> I might need it a little bit, but I don't want it. Yeah, and so I was gonna get that fish up into the boat, no matter what. And I was having back issues the week before we had left, and I was like, "Great, God, this is great timing." <laughs> you know, right before we go to these this big fish pond. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just toughed it out, got her up there, and it was really cool. <laughs> and your yeah. back's okay. Oh yeah, I didn't even feel it. <laughs> just All the adrenaline, just high on right. adrenaline at that point. Yep, that's Man, exactly you, what it was. You guys are just like two peas in a pod. I love it. Hey, do you want to go to Idaho? Yeah, sure. Why not? You got a plan? That, not really. We'll figure it out. That's exactly just, what it's like. I just did it two weeks ago. I said, "You want to go fish Gator Gar?" She's like, "I do," and I was like, "All right." I booked two tickets and rented a house. <laughs> when, when is that one coming up august 3rd we leave okay okay so content to come yeah oh yeah so uh question on the idaho trip like do you did you fish a different style when you were out there versus like if you're fishing the river around here i mean when we're we're fishing them almost identical to how we fish here or if you see guys going to the rainy, they're fishing the same way we're fishing for white sturgeon on the Snake River. Um, but there's other places around the North America. I fished in British Columbia on the Fraser River for, for sturgeon. And um, they use big, different style of hooks there, and they set the hook. When we mm -hmm. when we fish sturgeon on the Snake River, we're reeling down on them. Okay. Do you explain reeling down on them? So we're using circle hooks, either 8-out or 10-out circle hooks. And... Circle hooks are designed to set themselves. So <clears throat> typically sturgeon will just tap on the hook. I mean, a 300-pound sturgeon bites like this. This is it. That's all you get. And um, you got to reel down on them while they're sucking. They're sucking the bait up and spitting it out. That's what that 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 motion is on the rod. Suck and spit, suck and spit the whole time that they're, bite, they're, they're tasting it and putting it in their mouth. Um, and then you're just reeling down, and that's what's getting the hook in their sucker of their mouth. Okay. You don't want to set them because you'll lose them. Set, circle hooks are not designed to be set. Okay. Interesting. I, honestly, I've never fished with a circle hook. I, I live next to the Red River. 
and there's catfish all over the place. Oh yeah. I just haven't done it yet. Like I'm, I'm kind of kicking myself, especially when we got going on and there's these giant catfish. And yeah, not like, only you're not fishing it, but it's one of the most world-class channel catfisheries in the entire country. Oh yeah. Wow. I did not know this. Mm-hmm. Oh, you do. Yeah. There's actually a lot of walleye in there too. So I've gotten so many out of the red river. Really? Wow. Walleye are amazing in the red if you can find them. Mm -hmm. So what's the biggest catfish you've caught in the red? The biggest catfish I've caught in the red was just over 25 pounds. But I broke that last year in Wisconsin, which we were just on our trip in Wisconsin last week. Um, I got a 27-2, which is like, that's a ginormous channel cat. Huge. Wow. Yeah, Yeah. That's a big fish. So, random question. Have you guys ever tried noodling for them? <laughs> Every time. <laughs> we get asked that a lot. <laughs> well, I mean, usually when, when people see pictures of giant catfish, a lot of times it's like a lot of people will noodle for them. So, it's just, I was curious. No, it's uh, it's like a personal thing. You're pulling them off a nest. I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I just won't have any interest in doing it. People do. I know people that do. And uh, I just can't i don't first off i don't want to go underwater and grab a catfish in the mouth um and second off i i caught a a big cat um years ago it was 118 pounds and that thing destroyed my hand (laughs) yeah i bet so i want to know the story about these catfish then how big are these ones and where Uh, was hers was how big was yours 36 or 38 pounds 30 i think it's 36 and 42 inches long yeah tell them the story about that that's a good one that's my personal best actually yeah Yeah, that was a really cool night that was pre-spawn right luke yeah it was was in june 8th oh he knows the date yeah (laughs) um (laughs) um yeah so it was pre-spawn we were setting up at this spot that we had done well at prior previously um and luke cooked into his we could tell it was big it was awesome we were all hyped up he got it to the boat and um why did we move that rod luke because it was in the way of netting the fish okay yeah so we had moved a rod from like the fourth rod holder to the second rod holder because it was in the way of something um and we're focused on this fish that luke's catching and then all of a sudden this rod that we moved the line is like 50 yards away from where it started and it was ripping and we were like no way is this happening and so i picked it up um set the hook reeled her in all while luke has his fish in the net on the side of the boat i don't know this happened to us last weekend too we we get a lot of really really cool doubles (laughs) but but yeah so we got that fish to the boat and um, he actually had a buddy who was out fishing a couple bends down from us. He called him up and he was like, hey, can you come take some photos of us? Because this had just happened. And so he came over, um, took photos and filmed for us. And we sent him swimming, happy and healthy. And it was it was one of my favorite trips that we've had flathead catfishing, I'd say. So it was a really cool yeah, day. Those are both flatheads? Yes. Yep. Oh, they are. Okay. Yep. Yep. Wow. 
I'm just like in awe right now. I, don't even know. I, I like have too many yet not enough questions at the same time. It's like this is just super cool. You know, this it also, is cool. what's different about channel cats to flatheads. I don't want to get too much into the biology of the fish, but the uh, they we use giant live baits for flatheads. Unlike channel cats, you use cut bait. Mm -hmm. So we're throwing big bullheads out, big sucker minnows out. I'm like eight, nine, ten inch live bait on hooks, and that's what those fish ate. Okay, what's the craziest thing you've thrown out and caught a catfish on? Um, probably. Hmm. I do want to catch one on a walleye. I haven't done it yet because you can't do it in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, they'd but they'd probably frown upon that. that I'll oh, get, yeah. it'll, it'll probably get frowned upon even if I do it legally in another state, but um yeah i have earmuffs on the <laughs> the craziest bait i've caught a catfish on oh i don't know if i used anything too crazy probably like a big bluegill in wisconsin a giant okay. one that you one that you would eat okay i saw you had a quote about you fish for the fish that eat the fish you fish for <laughs> i was like yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that quote. That actually came off the back of a uh, brand catfish clothing. They are they're a big catfish brand. Um, Luke was wearing a shirt, and we were on the Red River, actually, and it said that on the back, and I was like, I think that's my life motto. <laughs> definitely like a, a power moves only quote right there. I'm saying. <laughs> oh, you like to fish for walleye or bluegill? Yeah. Fish, I fish for East Coast fish. Yeah. Uh, yep, yep. <laughs> yep, that's the, yeah, I'll give you respect for that one for sure. So, you didn't have either of you caught anything off of like a can of spam or nothing like that? No, I don't. Tara I've might done, have. But... I've done the Kool Aid chicken thing. What? What Bef is the Kool Aid before, thing? Um, so you soak, <laughs> you soak chicken in Kool Aid, and then you put it on your hook, and channel channel catfish eat it. So before I had met Luke and realized how I'm really supposed to be doing it and what bait fishing is and etc <laughs> etc cetera, et cetera. i was doing all of these like funny little concoctions um so for me personally it'd probably be kool-aid chicken is the weirdest thing that i've I, I did catch a fish on it so. that's pretty much what i was looking for right now so like i understand the chicken but why the kool-aid it's the flavor apparently they there's guys that run it that swear by kool-aid flavored chicken it's weird i don't know and even even what was that uh, i was gonna say do you have to have a certain flavor like only <laughs> cherry, cherry and not <laughs> tropical or like what, the big two flavor? are cherry and strawberry cherry yep. and strawberry okay yeah and that's what i was gonna say some guys are so intense about it that it matters if it's if it's raspberry if it's you know, fat-free Kool-Aid, uh-uh, like, you know what I mean? So it's, it's intense with the Kool-Aid chicken out there. Did you, uh, did you try the chicken before you, before you tossed it on the hook? Or? Oh my. You're talking raw chicken, By raw right? chicken, I was thinking. Did, well, <laughs> cook it once, you know, like cook your chicken and take a bite and put her on the hook and throw it out there maybe. Bird. I don't think I don't think that would be as effective. You you probably don't want to eat raw chicken. Let's let's go ahead and not do that. Bring the grill. Bring the grill on the boat. We could do it. We could do a taste test for a video. 
There you go. I mean, I that I definitely watch that. <laughs> Luke has all of these ideas of things that we can eat on camera, and he is he's telling people, "Yeah, we're gonna do, we're gonna eat this, this, and this." And then he tells me, uh, then he tells me about, it and I just have to do it. <laughs> like, like well, what are we going to do this summer for catch and cooks? The the weirder Gar. ones. Gar. Gar. We're going to catch uh, and cook. Buffalo, sheephead, you name it. You still have to try sturgeon. I do. That, yeah. I do want to try. That blows my mind. We cooked paddlefish last year on for a video. How Wasn't was that? that? I didn't really like it that much. Um, but I had a really good smoked paddlefish like two weeks after I cooked it. And I, I would definitely do it how he did it if I ever did it again. Okay. Have you done jerky out of fish? I've I've eaten salmon jerky, but I've never made it. Yeah, I've had it too before. Look at you, just cultured. <laughs> she is very well cultured <laughs> in fish food. <laughs> in fish food, yeah. I'm, fish food. I'm not, fish not food. Love it. chicken. No. <laughs> yeah, I need to I need to broaden my culinary horizons. Apparently. Same. I get chicken tenders every time. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, that's stick with what you like, I guess. Oh, so um, can you talk to me a little bit about like how you find an area to go catfishing? I mean, do you just like walk down the bank and it's like, oh, that looks like a good spot, or do you do you spend a lot of time looking at electronics, or like how does that work? Yeah, so it's a lot of electronics. Um, I don't. A lot of the stuff you fish, you don't need electronics because you can visually see it above the water. Um, but when you're catfishing specifically, I'll just talk specifically for flatheads because they're the more they're the, by far the most complex of the catfish species here and that we have in North America. Um, they have very big patterns they do every year. They winter, they go into torpor every winter, and they they make the same run back to the same spot every single year. So there's a way to pattern them. At certain times of the year, like right now, they're moving from their wintering holes back to where they're going to go for the summer to spawn. Um, but structure is number one. Um, I use my side imaging and down imaging to find a structure that's not above the water that you can see. Um, so anything that the bigger, the oldest structure, wood or rocks that are on the river, typically wood, um, are going to hold flathead catfish, especially during the day. Um, at night, they go out to feeding platforms at creek mouths, sandbars, and feed. But um, it's a lot of structure-based, near a hole. Structure near a hole is always good. Uh, you don't fish deep holes like people assume people do around the country. It's not You're not fishing holes. We're, we get flatheads in a foot of water, and there's a splash before our bait even – we even know we're bit. Um, but, yeah, it's electronics to find structure is the number one thing, I would say, um, for finding flatheads. Okay. Have you ever tried uh, chasing them with like forward facing sonar? I haven't yet. I want to. Um, I haven't done it. We did it for sturgeon. We didn't target sturgeon with forward facing, but we used it um, in Idaho. My buddy has a hummingbird mega live with the following where he can lock on with his mega. Okay. And uh, we did that a little bit in Idaho. Didn't really do anything because we're sitting there anchored but um i would love to i've targeted fish i've marked it's very uncommon um if there's a huge tree that goes into the mud at the bottom of the river and my side scan i can typically see if there's a fish right where that goes into the ground on the bottom of the river 
there's you, that's you typically where a flathead will sit on a big piece of structure waiting for something to come by. Mm -hmm. um, so I've caught a 44 pounder doing that. I dropped a bait right on top of its head and it, it bit instantly. But that's cool. Yeah. Typically it's not common. You're, you're fishing really heavy structure. You can't see in it with the graph and um, you're just hoping there's a big fish in there. Yeah. So you're more targeting structures versus yep. like going around and like, Oh, there's a fish on side scan. I got to go back. Yep. And right now pre-spawn, which is now prior to them spawning in the spring, they're moving along all the cup banks and along all the creeks towards dark. So what me and Tara do is we sit at a, at a ambush spot where they, we know they're going to come feed for pre-spawn and uh, we'll just wait. And those fish will keep cycling through. Um, you can fish out a, a big log jam pretty good. There's usually only one big fish in a log jam. Mm -hmm. They're pretty, pretty territorial fish. So just depends on the time of year. So when you say territorial, like, will they basically fight each other or what? I think they'll scare each other off. I don't know exactly. I don't know if we know the science on it exactly, but like when a female lays her eggs, the male kicks her out and guards the eggs the whole time. Hmm. And he protects yeah. the eggs from her as well. Oh, wow. And they get roughed up. They get roughed up pretty bad when they're spawning. It's they get full of scars and bloody lesions. They're fighting pretty hard protecting that nest. Okay. Yeah, you answered my next question. I was like, have you have you ever caught cats that are just like totally battle worn? And oh yeah, we've caught a lot. It's it's pretty bad. Some of them are nasty. So this may be, I don't know, maybe this is a obvious question, but why are they protecting him from the females? Are they she'll eat them. Okay, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Like she's gonna eat them. Yeah. Gosh. That gal, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> no, what about in the red? Then how do you target them in there? You know, thinking of structures, I mean, I guess there would be maybe some logs down there. The red, you don't need structure. Okay. But it's you just can't a see, really. No, it's, it's a bowl. It's a The Red River is not known for structure. It's known to have, be a bowl. It gets deeper in the middle and uh, gradually comes up on each side. Um, there's a lot of bait fish for those channel cats to eat. There's, there's special breed of channel cats on the red river mostly because they have a lot of forage to eat uh, uh gold eyes there's a ton of gold eyes in the river and they're eating a lot of gold eyes mm. a lot of frogs in the spring um frogs and gold eye are the best bait you can use on the red river i prefer frogs almost 95 percent of the time probably on the red um but you don't need to you can sit in a, a flat in the middle of the river or on the edge of a river and throw out baits on the Red River and catch world-class channel catfish. It's it's literally chuck bait catch fish type of fishing on the Red. Are you taking okay. notes? I've done mental notes okay. for sure. So, so you can get after that's, this. That's good. So yeah. then I can just pick a spot wherever, you know, just I, I assume it's probably like maybe get away from people a little bit. So then you have a little bit more of an area to. Yeah. And there's so much, uh, there's so many places on the Red you can go fish and you won't see anyone. And they get way bigger the further north you go because the river flows up to Lake Winnipeg. I'm sure you guys know mm -hmm. that. But yeah. the further you go north on the Red River, the much larger the channel catch get. Um, like in Selkirk, Manitoba, they average just about 18 pounds. So we had an 1,800-pound day in Selkirk. So I have fished Selkirk, but um, it was for walleye, you know, greenbacks, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the very first time I went there was with Blackwater Cats, and they do guiding for. Yeah, for Donovan. Cats. Donovan's great. Don. Yep, exactly. So highly recommend that group for sure. Mm -hmm. So they know what they're doing. 
So what's on the bucket list? A fish to catch. Ooh, I think we're going to knock one off here real quick in California for tuna. Um, I have a few bucket listers. I, I want to catch a, uh, I want to catch a, um, um, I do want to catch a Goliath grouper, but there more people I know that catch them say it's kind of sucks. You just, they just, you drop a huge live bait down, they grab it and then you just fight for your lower back for 40 oh. minutes trying to get it up to the top. Hmm. Yeah. There's but, some uh, crazy looking fish though. Yep. I want to catch yeah. a sawfish pretty bad, but they're, you can't legally target them, but you accidentally catch them when you shark fish sometimes. Okay. But I think a big tuna is up there. Um, I've done a lot of my bucket listers in the last few, for five years probably, but there's still some fish I do want to catch. There's always one you want to catch sooner or later. Tara, yeah. what's your number one? So I'm a noob. I have tons of bucket lists left to share. So um, alligator gar is a big one for me. So we'll knock that one off in August. And then um, when we were down in Florida, I hooked into a spinner shark and it came off the hook. So I, I still think it would be really cool to land a shark, like touch one, maybe <laughs> that's on my list. Um, 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 let's see what else. And a big blue, honestly, I want to, I want to catch like one of those massive blues that you see like the 70, 80 pounders. Maybe 118 pounds, we'll see, but... Yeah, blue catfish. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, blue catfish. So, yeah. yeah those the, are probably my big ones. in my mind was bluefin tuna, but I was like, no, I think she's talking giant. What did I say? You said blue. Said blue. Oh, blue catfish. Sorry. <laughs> You're speaking it like we knew exactly what. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. Good stuff. So, the you know, I first got introduce you or told that i have to do a podcast with you guys um from a link that showed you luke holding quite possibly the biggest fish freshwater that i've ever seen which is apparently the world the wisconsin state record sturgeon yeah and you and you're you're not a little guy by any means but that fish makes you look tiny and I still can't quite understand how you actually like got it up on shoulder height. And you, I mean, like you don't even see the ends of the fish in this picture. It's <laughs> so I need to hear the story on this. It's a good, it's a good story. I'll just start there. Uh, I was out in the St. Croix river in Hudson. I was beached on my friend's beach property there on the Hudson river or on the St. Croix river in Hudson. And Thankfully, I had my Wisconsin fishing license. Otherwise, I wouldn't even had a record. Um, but we had been in Wisconsin fishing channel cats, so I had my Wisconsin license. And um, I was actually waiting for Tara to meet me. She was going to meet me at like the docks at eight o'clock to jump in the boat, and we were going to go sturgeon fish. And she was late. Oh, thankfully, waiting on a woman. Okay. Thankfully, yep. late. Thankfully. Hey, let- Hear him out here, though. <laughs> I was, I was waiting for her, and I was like, I'm just gonna throw lines out. I knew she was running behind, and I'm like looking around the shore for agates. And I had my rods in the boat. I'm like walking on the shore a little bit, looking for agates. I'm, we're, we're big rock hounds. We look for agates on the rivers. 
and uh, I had my rods out. I'm like, I'm going to get back in the boat and just watch the rods for a while. So I'm sitting there watching the rods and I got bit and I started reeling down on it. And I'm like, oh, it's a sheephead because you catch a lot of sheephead on the croix. And, and all of a sudden it started just darting towards shore and it jumped. I'm like, oh my gosh, this thing is a hundred plus pounds. I'm like, this is over seven feet long. I'm like, this is going to be the state record. I, um, I was, it's probably the most, one of the most in awe I've ever been besides my blue cat, my 118 pound blue cat fish I caught. I, this was like up there in terms of like adrenaline, crazy stuff going on. And I'm fighting this fish on a medium heavy rod. It was the only rod I had a 30 pound monofilament leader on. Otherwise I was 80 braid on every other rod I had. And <laughs> A little six shot circle hook i had a bunch of shad on there you can use shad on the st croix river and it jumped again and there was these guys about 100 yards out from me fishing and they're like are you good i was like i'm not good i'm not good i was like i don't know what i'm gonna do because i was in really shallow water and the fish was gonna beach before i could even get it to the boat and there's no way i'm netting this fish by myself impossible mm -hmm. first off it hardly it didn't fit in my net for one and second off, I'm like, I'm going to have to either jump in the water and grab this fish and drag it up on shore, which I don't want to do. Um, and they're like, do you need help? I said, I need help. I need help. And while I'm fighting, note to, note to, to you guys, that when I'm fighting this fish, I'm talking to Tara on the phone. I'm going to be late. I think I got the state record on. <laughs> and my other buddy I got a hold of, he came over from like a mile down river to come and help. These guys had this, the guy in the boat out in front of us had never seen a sturgeon before ever oh man and Let then all of the a sudden you're looking at the <laughs> potential state record yeah so. and the two guys with them had um and they all got i got the fish to the shore and they all got in the water in their boots and bibs like didn't even think about it i was so grateful that those guys it were was there october it was, it was october. cold it was cold so these guys were fishing still the rest of the night in a competition that i didn't even enter which i should have um but they ended up helping me get it in my buddy brought his uh he has an 80 inch or 100 inch uh, musky bump board it's a big one but made for sturgeon so we had a three people holding it and setting it down nicely treating it nice and uh measured it at 77 and a half inches so it's probably around 100 year old fish um so i didn't even end up submitting it until tara and at this point tara's been at the dock for a while <laughs> i was okay with it i was sitting there vibrating i was like this is so cool and i'm like i wish you would have been there because i didn't get the fight on camera and it was just too much was happening and it ended up on the way to the plane ride to florida tara's like was that is that a state record in wisconsin because you're in wisconsin with your wisconsin license I was like, I don't know. And I look, I'm like, oh my gosh, I crushed the state record. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it's a, it was 58. Wow. Oh, so you beat it by like yeah. 20 inches? No, so it was a, it's a live release. State. It's an official state record for Wisconsin, but it's called the live release record. So I got like okay. a, I get a, a plaque thing and everything, not a plaque, but a, um, uh, what's it called? I get a certificate, a hard certificate that says my record and, um i submitted it and they said everything i luckily i had video of like everyone pinning the fish down measuring it to get all the precise measurements to get the official record mm -hmm. and uh yeah i just got my certificate like three weeks ago oh, cool. and uh 
yeah, that was my, that was my, and I went and picked up Tara and I'm shaking still. <laughs> and, uh, I got some cool pictures with it and it just shows how giant the fish is. It's, it was big. Yeah. It's just, it's literally absurd. It's crazy. Well, congratulations. So how long did it take you to fight it? Like hook up to land? Ooh, I would guess 10 minutes. Okay. I was geared for it. I was just a little light on my, I was horsing it pretty hard and my drag, I couldn't tighten my drag enough to stop it. Mm -hmm. And my drag goes to uh, almost 30 pounds and I had 30 pound leader on. I didn't realize I had my light leader on that rod. So I got pretty lucky. Yeah. No kidding. Huh? Crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. Very cool though. Yeah. I mean, oh, what, what went through your mind when you saw that thing jump for the first time? I had seen much bigger sturgeon jump in terms of like sturgeon in general, but for lake sturgeon, I, it was, it jumped in like two feet of water when it jumped for the first time. And I about, I mean, I almost, I almost crapped my pants. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. So yeah. tell me how, how deep out was this fish then you think? It was in about 26 feet of water when it bit. Okay. okay. Yeah. Hmm. Crazy stuff. It's shallow, but yeah. I guess. Yeah, they, they don't care. They'll go shallow. They'll go deep. They're everywhere on the St. Croix. Any, any body of water. Sturgeon can literally be super shallow to 60, 70, 80 feet deep. I'm going to have a whole new thoughts when I'm swimming in the lake. Yeah, exactly. Well, lucky for you, Just, they don't have teeth. So okay, yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> As I feel something like move along in the water. Yeah. Think about alligator gar, on the other hand, uh, don't even think about those yeah. when you're swimming. I mean, yeah. you, you got to be a little further south for yeah. that. But yeah, those are some gnarly looking fish. I mean, you, it's alligators in the name. So sure. well, and usually when you get into the gator gar, there's alligators. So, yeah, exactly. Um, that's so. the only thing I'm really worried about. I mean, we held a eight footer in the like three in the morning in the in the trinity river in texas it was probably 250 pounds ish and it was pitch black and you know there's alligators in there and you know there's water moccasins but we didn't even care we just jumped in oh you guys are you, nervous, are, you guys Tara? are a different breed <laughs> <laughs> okay slightly but i'm gonna still do it okay i'm gonna jump in there you go <laughs> love it so okay so I, I got to hear one one last story from you before you go. So, I mean, obviously, I, I got uh, I got the message showing you with this giant catfish or giant sturgeon. And then, obviously, I started creeping on you a little bit more. You know, I mean, I'm a social media guy here at Shield. Right. So, I mean, it's kind of my job. So, but um, then all of a sudden, I see you fishing with a Vikings player, Patrick Jones. So. Yeah. Tell me what's going on with that. You know, I'm a huge Vikings fan. So yeah. all of a sudden it's like, hey, this guy you need to talk to, like, he's fishing with Vikings players. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> now I'm very intrigued. So uh, what, what's going on there? Yeah, I had a Facebook friend post a picture with a Vikings player, Armand Watts, who now just went to the Steelers. He just signed a contract with Pittsburgh. Um, so I messaged Armand on Instagram, and I was like, hey, I said, if you ever want to get out cat, because he's my buddy's a cat fisherman. I said, if you ever want to get out catfishing while you're here, you know, hit me up. I'll take you out in the boat and we'll get on some fish. He messaged me right back, un very surprisingly. <laughs> and uh, he's like, heck yeah. He's like, let's go out tomorrow. I was like, oh my gosh, this Whoa. happened fast. <laughs> that and, is uh, quickly. <laughs> 
So he he messaged me back and I got his number and I talked. He's like, I'm bringing some teammates with too. I was like, what the heck did this turn into? <laughs> and uh, and at that point, I'm like, I had to call my buddy that has a V8 jet boat. I was like, I need you, and we're gonna take your boat to take these guys out. I was like, I didn't know who was coming, and it ended up being uh, Pat Jones the second, who is an outside linebacker, and his teammate DJ Wanham, who plays by Daniil Hunter most of the time, outside linebacker. And uh, I'd never like hung out with Vikings players or professional football players. I, I'd met one, I met Randall McDaniel at my sister's wedding back, way back in the day when I was a little kid. And, <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, and, that name brings back memories, you know, some good, most bad, but you right. Know, let's not talk <laughs> and, about that. Let's talk about current. <laughs> yep. And uh, so we meet him at the boat ramp and they get in and we put him on a decent channel cat. Fishing wasn't very good. And I kept talking to Armand, but Pat was a big angler, big fisherman. He is a big fisherman and he had a boat and uh, all the, anytime they went fishing, they'd take Pat's boat out either on bass fishing on Lake Minnetonka or the Minnesota river. And they didn't really know what they were doing on the river. And Pat grew up in Virginia next to the James river and the Potomac river and never really catfished. Um, but he wanted to get into it and learn. Um, so I got Pat's number and me and Pat kept in touch. I, I still keep in touch with those guys, all of those guys, but me and Pat talk a lot and um, he's big into catfishing now. He wants to get into it even more. And um, we just became good friends and now we go fishing <laughs> regularly. <laughs> and uh, That's super cool. He's a super, he's a, he got, I keep forgetting he's a young guy. He's, he's, he's only 20, he's a 24 years old now. Mm-hmm. And they're just so big, you just think they're just normal grown men. <laughs> but they're uh they're he's they're all young guys that have a Pat has a huge passion for fishing. He goes to Florida in the winter and he fishes a lot. Um his dad likes to fish too. So yeah, I'm getting Pat on the river a bunch, and I know he wants to get a jet boat next year for the river. And it's been really cool getting to know those guys and going to games and watching them play, watching guys play that I fish with. It's kind of cool. That is pretty sweet. Love it. So, all right, Luke, Tara, appreciate the time. Uh, some great stories, just a, a very different perspective on fishing than, than a lot of people we've interviewed. Um, I love it. Love it. Yeah. We appreciate you having us on here. We were really yeah, excited. Thanks. I'm like, this is literally the perfect thing for a new channel to get on. We love, we love shields and, um, we love our local bait shop, Old Carver, too, but we love Shields as a company. They're a great company, so we're happy to be on. All right. Appreciate that. All right. Well, best of luck with uh, with your new channel and all these upcoming trips. Yeah, we're excited to see some of that new content. <laughs> Thank so you so we. much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to the Shields Outdoors podcast. Stay tuned for future segments and visit our social media pages, Shields Outdoors on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates.